Hey guys, awesome episode today. We got a wingman problem, bad dressers, and someone who's not getting matches on the apps. Check it out, enjoy, share with friends. Welcome to the J Train Podcast. This is J Train Jared Freak coming to you live from Harlem, New York City. It's been a while since we've been at the J Train uh, Layer. Um, as you can hear, my voice—it's—it's it's a rough one on my voice. Um, I am sorry. Let me apologize right off the bat. This is this is who I am now. Scratchy voice, J Train. This is me now. You're all fucked up. All fucked up. And you know why? It's for the people. I do this for you. I do it for you. I go on the road, and the road is tough. They, you know, they tell you all the travel. People say travel's tough, and then you're like, yeah, 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 but you're going places. Then you get back, and I'm like, I'm a, I'm a haggard man right now. It's they say the road's no part place to raise a family. It's is no, that what they say? Yeah. <laughs> Where'd, where, I think it was what a, sad fairy tale was that in? I believe it was a, a maybe a white snake song. Really? Something like that. The road is no place to raise a family. Yeah. Yeah, the road is no place to uh, have your voice sound right. You know who it was? Who? Journey. Journey. Yeah. I knew I was a Journey guy. Yeah. So I want to tell you guys, we're, we're at the J Train um, layer right now. We're taping on a Monday. This is coming out on Friday. Yes. Um, it's a Turn Down the Lights episode. It's Shelby and I. Great guest alert. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's crazy. Our, our sound booth guy knows it right away. It's a great guest. Um, so Shelby and I hanging here. We're turning down the lights. We're going to get all sexy. With this sweet, scratchy voice. Yeah, that's right. Kind of sound like yeah. you're like a ScarJo right now. It's what? You're like ScarJo. ScarJo. Yeah. What's ScarJo? Scarlett Johansson. So this is what? Why? Doesn't she have like a raspy voice? Yeah, I'm the new ScarJo. Yeah, maybe a little Joan Rivers. Jarfrey. I'm. Turn it down a little bit, but keep it under us. And I can really turn it up. Oh, yeah. You've come to Harlem, baby. Shelby and J-Train. Apollo. We're right down the street from the Apollo. You're going to get that hot J-Train all over your face. Cat calling. That's right, girl. I should just talk like this. This actually feels better when I talk like this. Sensual. Velvety voice. Very, I'm velvety. Like the Barry velvet white. train. I'm a Barry White of podcasts. Literally Barry White. Literally. Jewy White. So we're su- I'm super pumped to be back in New York. Um, we got some amazing emails. We turned down the lights. Um, I'm, I'm pumped that you guys... I mean, let me just re-review... I thank you every episode for listening. I'll thank you again. Obviously, keep telling friends and coworkers. Make it your Instagram story. That really feathers my nuts. Um, it feathers me. Oh, the feathering. Feather those nuts. That's right. Do it. Well, I mean, when you go on the road, it's when you get the live feathering. And that's, that's, a, that's a feathering above all else. The pod ones pale in comparison to the live ones. The live ones are like... They're, they they tickle. They, right. they You can feel it. And you know what? If you haven't listened to the live episode with Michelle Wolf, get, turn this off right now and go back and then come back to this because that was what these live shows are all about. The crowd was... But you just pumped to be there. Uh, I told the story on Coffee with J-Train. If you're not a Patreon member, I'd love to have you there. Coffee with J-Train. We do every Sunday. I kind of rant. I've been really ranting. You're spilling gallons of tea. Gallons of tea. Lipton, baby. Um, that's why, obviously, I'm not drinking it. So I, 
the crowd, it, what happened was Monday, Chicago has been very good to me since starting comedy. They've just, for whatever reason, people in Chicago have gotten involved, and it's so awesome to go there, and Zanies is really nice to me, and if you live in the area and you get a chance to go to Zanies, go for whoever they have, because they book great people, and a lot of them are my friends, and that room is just made for comedy. I could tell, and it, it was just rocking on that live one. Right? You could feel the energy. Yeah. And, you know, some rooms, you know, I was in Miami. Miami was a fun show, but that was at a bar. It wasn't a comedy club. So, you know, there are things to deal with that you, not to say bad things about the Miami show. They were great shows, and I was excited that everyone came. But when you're in a comedy club that's made for comedy, that there are things that are being thought of that aren't thought of at a bar. So Zany's is just a professional place, and, you know, they're already on board with bringing me back. So... They want to bring me back to Rosemont and St. Charles, and I'm pumped. So, guys, go support that club. So, But the live episode, what happened was Sunday night I did the two shows. We added a second show. They both sold out. People were pumped. I had a great time. I got to do material that I never really have done before. And then I got a text from Michelle Wolf saying, hey, I'm in Chicago. Are you there? Let's hang out. And I'm like, I got a live podcast. It's already sold out. Let's surprise the fuck out of these people. God damn. God damn. So I go, you know, now I got in my pocket and I, that makes me excited to do the show. I, as, as stupid as that sounds, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm already excited to do it because I've got a sold out show, but I'm also like, there's things to worry about. I got to find a guest. I got to find a local person. I got to find, you know, you got to figure it out. You got to put the show together. And then when Michelle's like, Hey, I'll definitely be the guest. I would love to. I love doing the show. I'm like, fuck, that's one thing out of my head. Now I'm preparing a show for someone that I know and that I'm friends with and I is going to kill. You're going to let the wolf loose. Let the wolf loose. Do you, you let, it takes the pressure off of you, let you just go nuts. To- and I haven't laughed that much on an episode in forever. So, I mean, it was but it, the exciting part for me is knowing that, you know, when I consider, you know, anyone who listens to this show, you know me very well. And I have a sense of who you are. So I know a room full of people that I like and that like the show are excited to be there and then they're going to get this like, you know, a little surprise. Uh, someone who's, you know, you know, that they might be a fan of as well. Some of the people might not know who she is and, I, you know, that's fine too. They like the show. But the people who do know her are going to go, what the fuck? Oh, good thing I came to this. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And when I got to announce her name, it was just, it was a good feeling. It was a, it's one of those heartwarming moments in comedy where it's like, shit. You know, you meet people at open mics and then years later you're on a show where everyone's excited to be there and you get to be funny and you get to be funny with, in a way, you know, we're stand-up. So a lot of us, you know, we're, we're putting material together. We're writing every day. And with the podcast, people love coming on, and this is what I'm told, and the reason people love this show and being a part of this show is because, one, you get to be funny without, while being yourself. And stand up, yes, you're yourself, but you're an amped up, you know, you know crazier version of yourself with, with material that you've thought of maybe years ago. And with this, this is very in the moment, and it's fun, and everyone and everyone gets to you know be there together. So I, I gotta encourage you to go listen to that live uh, Chicago episode. It was so much fun for me. So went to Chicago, met all the people there. Then went to Fort Worth. People came out to the Snapchat show taping. How low will you go? Then went to Austin. Oh, Austin, what a town! It's built for millennials. <laughs> it's a millennial Disney World. They've literally, they just know everything I like. It's not even Texas. Austin is not even Texas to me. It, it, it's like a little bastion in the heart of Texas. It's a bastion of millennial uh, marketing. <laughs> it's just like the biggest example is that. Instagrammable bars. Instagrammable bars. But the biggest example is that when I went there like five years ago, they were like, you got to have the food trucks. The food trucks are where you go. And I'm like, and, and you heard about these like, you know, these like four star, you know, food trucks. Now, when you go back, there's just only food trucks and they're not even good. You know, you have like, you know, there's just these people that are like, oh, we heard people will buy fucking food trucks. You know, this is great. And when there's all of them, you know, oh, <laughs> what truck looks different than another truck? That's the thing. They all look good. They all look like, oh, that's the one where it's going to be special, but they're not special. It's hard to make food good, but anybody can 
get those trucks wrapped. Yes. It yeah. looks like a big Any, picture. Anyone can make the truck look like the truck that's been there a thousand years. And you got to try the, the the lobster roll from the truck in Austin. And you're like, why would I even uh, lobster roll in Austin? They can't do like a Mexican food name without a pun. It's, it's all... It's pretty wild because I, you know, I'm walking around. I'm like, what, what food truck do I go to? I have to have them all. And you know, you sit there, and it's it's just very, it's interesting what's going on because Austin is fun. Because I wrote, I've been writing these things on my Instagram. If you haven't seen it, I'm at Jared Freed. I write reviews of every city I go to to do the do the show. And if you haven't read them, they're in depth. They're they're pretty. You know, I they're written. Just to give you the vibe that I got. Yeah. And just to let you know, I'm also not paying to go to these places. So a lot of what happens with people and a lot of what we talk about on this show a lot is that people get emotional because it's their thing. So they're like, I went to Texas. It's the best school you've ever fucking went to. And people moved to Austin because they went there for a sales job in tech. And they're like, I got to defend their decision to move there over New York or San Francisco. Yeah. And, and now they're in a position where it's like, how'd you like it? You know, Austin, it's very combative when people ask you what you think of Austin. Because they want you to say how much you fucking loved it. That's right. You loved it. Because I told you to love it. We, just, made it, we made it good. We made it good, yeah. And it's like, someone asked me if, if it would be a good place for someone who's creative to move to. And I was like, fuck no. <laughs> That's not. Because everyone there is just agreeing to agree. You have to have the opinion that everyone has there. That's a problem with a lot of these places. Is like, you know, it's a, it's, and what I mean by that is, like, look at the straw issue. It always comes back to straws with me. I was at a bar and they had a sign about saving the turtles with the straws. And I was like, you know, everyone who listens to this regularly knows my feelings about the straws. I'm, I'm, I, I just think it's a way to, and that, this is the thing about Austin is it, the straws is the perfect example of something where get the fuck out of my life. I'll use a straw. I'll make the decision on my own. I don't need a bar making the decision for me. I don't need the government making a decision for me on how I'm going to use a straw or not. You can leave that up to me. Give me the turtle information. I'll process it. And then I'll go, nah, that's not where I'm going to be good. And that's okay. Everyone has that individual decision to make. But in Austin, where they put up the sign that says, well, you can be a murderer of turtles or you can you know, not use a straw. And then you're the one person in Austin that's like, well, I don't give a fuck about the fucking Tortuga. Isn't Austin in the middle of like a desert? What, what are there turtles in Austin? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on with these turtles. And then people write back, and I posted. I was like, "Fuck!" To me, it's as easy as it, the thing is. There's a lot in these liberal bastions. I mean, I'll say this. You know, I'm not even not to be political, but like in these over liberal places, they all congratulate themselves for being heroes. None of them have the hard opinion, which is the hard opinion, which isn't even hard, is to say, well, Turtles, you had a good 100-year run. Goodbye. (laughs) Like, that's a hard decision. But, you know, in it's kind of like with the uh, gender-neutral bathrooms. Gender-neutral bathrooms, listen, if you want to have that, that's fine. If you want to build your restaurant. But a lot of people have taken the handicapped bathroom and they just change the sign to gender neutral. It's like, whoa, the hero's here. It's like, you didn't do shit. You just took a sign and you changed it. And it's like, you could have kept it and just been like, yeah, whoever wants to fucking go in there. But there's just a lot of back padding in a place like that. And then if you take the position of like, yeah, you didn't have to fucking change the sign. They're like, whoa, so you're against this, against this. It's like, it's always, if you like vanilla, you say fuck chocolate, but that's not the case. It's all gray. So... We've gone off the rails a little bit here, which is fine. We're here every Tuesday and Friday. This is a Friday episode. We're turning down the lights. Let me make one quick announcement and we'll get to the emails. I am coming to San Francisco and Sacramento. This is a big trip for me because for whatever reason, I've been hearing from San Francisco people for like a year now saying, come to San Francisco. Come to San Francisco. I'm coming. Okay? Will you say this? This podcast is the podcast of luxury issues. This is the luxury issue podcast. I just complained about straws and turtles for 20 minutes. And a lot of, isn't that like the only 
thing they have there. <laughs> this feels like it fits the San Francisco Bay Area well. The the person that moves there for an app or a startup. My rent is $2,800 for this closet. Yeah, this is the podcast of the $2,800 a month rent. Come yell at me at straws. Yes. About straws. So I'm going to be at the punchline in San Francisco, November 13th and 14th. The 13th is a live J Train podcast. Um, just like Chicago with Michelle, that's going to be the same show. Hopefully we can get a great guest. And then the 14th stand-up. So you've been begging. I mean begging. What, is the, what the fuck? You've been asking. DMing. I, I had three DMs, and that, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. So who, if you have been asking, um, bring a friend. Bring a coworker. If you like it and you're friends with someone, they're going to like it. I can promise that. And I'm more worried about your friend having a good time than you because I know you're going to have a good time. I just know it. And these are fun events. Uh, the 15th, I'm in Sacramento. So the 15th, I'll be in Sacramento. The guy, Johnny, I can't, Johnny Taylor, he opened for me and came on the podcast in Philadelphia. He's going to be on, he's great. He's going to be on the show in Sacramento. So it's a great show. Uh, so come on out. Go get those tickets. It's on my website, jaredfreed.com. That's jaredfreed.com. Um, let's do the show. You ready? Born ready. Let's start with a would you rather. Would you rather? And you can say it. There we go. Okay. Would you rather fart after you cry? Or cry after you fart? I like this question because I love a good cry. Are you a crier, Shelby? You don't strike me as a crier. I probably haven't cried in over a decade. In over a decade? Are you serious? Does not happen. Well, did you, what, do you remember what you cried about? I do not. But you do remember it's over a decade ago. I remember I started to cry when I found out I lost a parent, but I was like on the side of the fucking sidewalk, and I don't want to cry out in public Hold like some psychopath. Shelby, you just hit us with major news. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. Yeah, you just said that. Like you dropped a sandwich on the ground. Well, After it happened several years ago. Okay. It didn't happen last week. And you said lost... Okay, so you lost... It like, was... We don't need to get into details. We won't details. get into the details, Jesus but Christ. someone out of your life. Sure. And you heard while you were on the side of the street? Uh, you get... I'm like on my way to work, halfway of the train. You get like a... I saw a voicemail and mm. I kind of like knew. So I was like, oh shit. And then like went, okay, I guess I got to turn back home. But it was like... I'm not going to cry. Like, I'm not going to be surrounded by Dominicans and Greeks and be sobbing here. <laughs> well, if so, <laughs> let's say hypothetically, since we're in hypothetical zone, someone looks at you and goes, pussy, crying, and you're like, well, I lost a parrot. They're not going to look at you and go, oh, they're going to go, oh, okay, yeah, go ahead and cry. I don't think they're going to be heckling. I just think they're going to be looking at me all weird. This like, is fair. Why are you crying at 7.30? Okay, well, I lost a parrot. <laughs> I don't want to get into details with sure. them here. Yeah, I guess you're right. Okay. I mean, the last I cried literally a day ago. Pussy. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was about The Incredibles 2. I watched it on the plane. Did you see Incredibles 2? Uh, no. Did you see Incredibles 1? Like, yeah, that was probably the last time I cried. Yeah, I that was. I was in seventh grade. <laughs> I yeah I was got a little on the on the plane I got a little you know choked up. That makes sense. Everything's weird on the plane. So fart after you cry or cry after you fart. I could use a good cry, so I guess after I fart. See, I'm gonna fart after I cry because just for the reason you said, with all the people noticing. So then <laughs> you cry. And everyone's like, oh, look at this fucking, what's this person crying about? And they're like, oh, who the fuck farted? Fart trumps cry in the what's going on here. And then that can be blamed on other people. So your cry can only be blamed on you. Smoke bomb. The smoke bomb is like, well, who did that? And 
they're in their mind they're not going to go well well that crier <laughs> is definitely a farter no one thinks that you do both <laughs> they're just letting all sorts of elements out of them <laughs> well that's the thing i would think you know it's kind of like uh i would assume that whoever's f- crying doesn't even have the wherewithal to fart so you, it gives you cover for the fart Whatever function your brain is somehow allowing you to fart, it's all focused on those eyeballs. Yeah, that's true. JTrainPodcast at gmail.com. JTrainPodcast at gmail.com. Here with Classic Shelb at Classic Shelb on Twitter and Instagram. Go follow, go support. Classic Shelb on Instagram. (laughs) You had a gun? (laughs) A laser feature? Classic Shelb on Instagram. I love it. Take a camera flash. Yeah. Oh, that's a camera flash. Okay. What's up, J Train? Love the podcast. I've been listening since I was in high school during the TFM days. Uh, my best friend and I are seniors in college. During our frat parties and at the bar, he's almost always talking to girls. This is obviously completely normal, except he's a, he has a high school girlfriend who he plans on marrying someday. He frequently ditches our group of friends at the bar to talk to his friends that are girls, and at times he'll disappear with them. He's told them a couple of times that he's come really close to hooking up. Uh, He's told me a couple times that he's come really close to hooking up, literally close off in the girl's apartment. The fact that he's told me this makes me uh, think he knows this is an issue in terms of cheating, but he doesn't do anything to stop it. I've also confronted him for hijacking my conversations for, with girls and cock-blocking me. Rather than being a wingman, he will keep talking to them until they have moved interest in him rather than me. I've said to him before that he should introduce me to his friends and stop cock-blocking me and be a wingman. Can I handle this differently so that he might actually change what he's doing? Also, what can I do so I don't uh, let, him, uh, let him shut me out of talking to girls? Appreciate any support. What do we think, Shelby? It's like now you have to, when you're going out on your fun time, you have to like make sure he doesn't try to hook up. Well, no, I think his question, he brings up, he says the title of the email is my best friend is a shitty wingman. So it's funny that he brings up the whole thing of him cheating on the girl to show that he's, he wants us on his side. It's funny with a lot of these emails, the, everything is in the email yeah. without even saying it. He 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 wants us all on his side. So he goes. So he says to us, "Yeah, he's gonna marry his girlfriend from high school, and he's like basically cheating on her. Plus, he won't help me as a wingman. <laughs> so he, you know, he wants his issue of the wingman to be elevated, so that you know, this is what happens with chicks at brunch. They want they'll go, and he texted me at three p.m. and they'll go, and he's a dickhead, and they'll go, ah." You know, and everyone, they, the girls, when they write in about guys that they want us to think are shitty, will give like 30 different examples. He's giving us the one example for us all listening to go, what an awful guy. And he won't even set me up with all the chicks he talks to. And then we're <laughs> like, oh, get him. And you know? that too. Yeah. So my, so let's ignore the fact, what his friend is, his friend is a selfish guy. That's what his friend is. The thing about the girlfriend, the cheating, he's a selfish guy, but he's also needs attention and he, that he's not getting from his girlfriend. So what he's doing is he's going out and fulfilling himself with the attention he's not getting from his girlfriend because she's not at school. And that's, all, I, that's honestly his right. I don't blame him for that. What this guy's caught up about is like, Dude, you're not even fucking hooking up with these girls. Set us up. Use your power for good. He's this guy has a power of that he can talk to girls, and that is a power. Not everyone can talk to girls. Not gift, everyone can talk to the opposite sex. Gift of gab. He's got the gift of gab. He knows how to open convos. You know, opening convos, that's the toughest part. This guy, and here's the thing. Let me get my coffee on. Here's the thing. He has to stop relying on his friend. Your friend, and I do agree, this used to annoy me, when the dude with a girlfriend would make himself the center of attention for all the single girls, and you're like, well, fuck, you've taken the stage when you don't even need the stage. But here's the thing, your friend who's good at talking to girls is not your, or the guy or the girl, whoever's good at talking to the opposite sex, is not the reason you got into the sex game. 
It's like with you know this happens with me a lot where people say to me, you know, it happens with comedy a lot and and business stuff a lot. Well, they'll go, well, you should ask that person for help. Like people outside of it will go, well, that person does this, so you should go tell them that you want to be on that thing too. Yeah. And it's like that's not how this whole thing works. And it's the same for girls. Your friend, his responsibility isn't to you, it's to himself. And he's at the most selfish time of his life. Should he break up with his girlfriend? Probably. Should he be a better friend? Probably. But everyone does them first, and you need to start doing you first. You didn't get into the to the hookup game because your friend got into the hookup game. You got in the hookup game because you wanted to be in the hookup game. If I couldn't hook up, I definitely not be blame, blaming my friend. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like he's blaming his friend, but he's. I think what he's saying is his friend has access to all this stuff. Why wouldn't he help him? And it's like because he's not you. You know, you're not him. He's gonna get his. He has a deficiency in attention, and he's gonna fill that deficiency. And that's what he's doing. What you can do is start going up to these girls that he's talking to yourself. Whenever this kid is talking to a girl, there's three around them hanging out too. So if I was to give advice to this guy, I'd be hanging next to your buddy, and then the girls he's not talking to, I'd go up to them. Hey. And Cypher Sounds and I talked about this on an episode. I just go, hey, I like your shoes. I like your shoes. I Did I talk about this on the Cypher Sounds episode? Cypher was like, how do you go talk to girls? And I was like, I don't know. I just say I like your shoes. And he was like, what? And I was like, I, I would just go up to a girl and be like, I like your, those are cool shoes. Where'd you get them? And then a day later, Saifa comes up to me and goes, oh, I like your shoes. And I had forgotten that we had this conversation. I go, oh, cool. Yeah, they're this different type of material. And I started talking about my shoes. And he started laughing. I go, why are you laughing? He goes, dude, I'm just doing the pickup line that you told me to do. And I go, it fucking worked. <laughs> he, he tricked you with your own trick. Yeah. Mind it, games. It worked because then I was like, all because people want to talk about themselves, just like just like the thing. Take the thing your friend needs and relate that to everyone because we're all the same. Your friend needs attention, so he talks about himself because his girlfriend's back in fucking high school land. So he needs to get fix his deficiency of not getting attention. Other people need that too. So other people want to talk about their shoes and where they fucking got them. Find their shoes. But I I do understand the. What he say? This is a a distraction. The friend is a distraction from your real problem, which is you're not going and talking to people. So you, you know because people, I I do this with comedy. People say, oh, that person has success in that thing. You should talk to them. And you're like, well, no, I didn't start comedy because I didn't even know that person when I started comedy. I got into this because I'm funny, because I got the goods. So I don't need to go and fucking, you know, that that's not the way to go. And you see people try to do that shit. And you're like, it's a sad thing. You see the people who are trying to use other people to get to where they're going. And it's like, that's not the way it's going to happen because you're not going to be good at it. Because you're going to get, that person's going to get you there one of those days and then you're not going to have the fucking skills to be able to make it happen. So maybe your friend at Wingman's he wants with one of the hot girls he's talking to and you're going to go, because you haven't been talking to girls on your own. You got to go and make it happen on your own. Climb the ladder, don't take the elevator. What's that? Climb the ladder yourself, don't take the elevator. That's right. Shelby with all his words of wisdom. J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com. Zero people like me and reminded every day. This gets sad. Let's play some sad music. Let's turn it down a little bit. Hello. A few months ago, I took a break from the apps. I had a fling over the summer after it ended. And after that, and after that, I had a fling over the summer. And after that ended, I spent the last few months sans dates or hookups. At first, I was fine with that. But I haven't met anyone out with my friends. And I would like to dive back into that dating app world. So I decided it's time to go back to Hinge. However, I'm getting no matches. <laughs> this music is perfect. <clears throat> when I open the app most days, it says, zero people like you. And I've been pretty liberal with my liking guys' photos and comments, too. 
The ones I'm excited about matching with and I respond to their content don't accept back. The few that do accept, I wonder what I was thinking when I liked because I have no interest in starting a convo with them. Also, zero of these guys have attempted to start convo with me. Not even a hey. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. It really feels like I'm on a deserted island. I didn't have this problem when I was on the apps before. And my friends who are in the city, too, are going on dates pretty frequently. So they have no advice for me. Is this a sign from the universe that maybe I should just be alone? Thanks for all you do, J-Train. I've attached photos from my profile for context, but would you please be able to avoid reading my bio answers if you read this on the show? I have a few friends who have stolen my answers to my hinge questions uh, because they thought they were funny and I don't like it one bit. <laughs> That's a weird reason for me to not read them. She's worried that her... her oh, more joke theft will happen. Her here. joke, yeah. <laughs> She's worried that fat Jewish is listening. <laughs> I'm petty, I know. Not like these answers are really getting me anywhere, but still, I like them, LOL. Oh, also, totally forgot to crop out my demographic and info on my profile. If you could avoid reading that, it'd be great, too. We're not, we don't dox. We don't, we don't out people here. So, Shelby, you want to come over and take a look at what this girl's working with? She's cute. This is a lady. Okay. We're going through a profile. Cute, fun, good profile. She's double fisting um, Moscow mules. Fun what? She's got fun sunglasses on. Those copper glasses yeah, you the see copper, everywhere Yeah, she's now. got the Moscow mule copper glasses. She's double fisting in two out of the one, two, three, four, five, six... Two out of six, she's double-fisting drinks. I can't believe no guys are talking to her. You'd go out with her. Uh, this shocked me when I saw the, the pics. It shocked it, you to see that she's got no likes? Yeah, it doesn't. I, I, I think she would get in a ton of them. I would think so, too. And I will say this. I will say this, Shelby. She tells us don't read her answers to the bio questions, but I think those are really her issue. Oh, shit. I, I, <laughs> I don't want to read them because she asked us not to, and I respect the, the, the person writing in. But here's a couple things with Hinge. Are they basic, if you will? I don't believe in basic. Like I don't think that that's a negative thing. You know what they're not? They're not real. They're not vulnerable. They're P fake. Pizza and Netflix, if you will. Yeah, something like that. So, like, where where to find me at the party? And it's like she and one of she. Well, I'll do one that's a little bit easier to like fake. What makes me happy? And then she just writes like, you know, something bullshitty. Bud Light. Yeah, something like that. Like candy, and it's like everybody likes candy. Like you know, like what, where? And here's the thing. I'll say a couple things about Hinge. And as a precursor, I'll let you know that they have paid me money in, in, in some certain aspect. But let me give you the difference between the apps. And the reason that I get a lot of like, because I talk about Hinge on there a lot, because I do think it's a, a better dating app. There's more disappointment on dating apps in general. So because when you go out to the bar on a Saturday night, you meet people, you go out, you're with your friends, maybe you'll laugh with your friends, and you don't really notice all the people that looked at you and go, no. On a dating app, you're at the bar and only getting no's. There's no fun, there's no having a drink, there's no good conversation. The only hope is those matches. And that's why it feels like every time we're on a dating app that we're having constant disappointment. So Hinge, there's just less connections when you're swiping it goes so fast here's the thing when you whenever you're on a swiping app bumble tinder whatever you're swiping so fast that people don't really care to match with someone matching is not a big deal so you match with more people that means more dopamine that's more that's more good feelings the difference with hinge is that people are liking less because it's not the quick swipe 
And that should be to your pot. That's a if we want to look at that in a positive way, people are looking at your your profile a little bit more, looking at it closely. So it's what people might want people to do. Yeah, it, yeah. It, the thing is, what we want is not always the easy thing. The thing that feels good is not always the good thing. The thing that feels good is to get thirty matches in a day. But how many dates have you been on zero? You don't do that math. You don't look at it and go, well, I made 30 matches. I, oh, I, went, I got, went on zero dates. You go, well, 30 people like me, and I get the choice of these 30 people, and I said no to them. The difference with these other apps that are, you know, the apps are evolving. They're trying to get better for you to go back and go, this is the one I got married on. This is the one I found my boyfriend on. So looking at her pictures, nothing is wrong with them. To me, I say to her, keep going. If I was going to give her one review... Make your answers to the questions on Hinge more honest and vulnerable because that's going to get the people, because people are looking. They're not just liking out of a swipe. Uh, what they go like, oh, Tinder, Bumble, what should I write in my description? It's like, don't worry about that as much. Really focus on that if you're on Hinge. Yeah, I think focusing on those prompts is a big deal. I, I write funny things back to the prompts. But it's tough to write to certain people that are like, it's nothing. Like this, my greatest strength, and then she just puts a, like, like a fun, like it should be a little, we have, to, we have to zig where people are zagging. And she shouldn't have a problem finding a date. I, I, I know she writes in that she has nobody likes me and all that stuff. But looking at her profile, there's like, you know, she's cute, she's fun, she's going to be fine. The only review I have of her specific profile is to be more vulnerable and fun on her responses. But also, no, understand that an app like Hinge, you're going to get less likes. You're not going to get the 30 a day you remember getting on Bumble or Tinder. Because it's just easy to like someone on those apps where this one's you're being a little bit more, a little choosier. And that's not to say you're not a great person or couldn't find someone, but it's to say, you're, you know, think of it more positively, you're getting a more thoughtful like. That's what we want. And let, you know, you want to fool yourself? Go. If you want to fool yourself, yeah, because I get a lot of guys that write to me that are like, well, I used to be on that app, but I never got any likes. And it's like, yeah, because that's, you know, because <laughs> it's a more important like. Yeah. Bumble, guys on Bumble and Tinder, any swipe app, any guy I talk to, they're just going swipe right all the way and see who likes me. So, no, you're getting rid of that garbage. Bang, bang, bang. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Em Why not? the clip. <laughs> Why wouldn't happens. I do that? Why wouldn't I Google, you know, if I do a word scramble? I do a word scramble on my phone. You got to unscramble the letters to make the word. Right. When I get stuck, I Google unscramble these so I can move on to the fucking next level. <laughs> okay? You figure out the, uh, the way to win the game. That's what happens on all these apps, too. Everyone just figures out the way to win the game, and the way to win the game is to know who likes you before you have to make a move. So that's why this, you know, the apps that are moving more towards serious are going to be a little bit more hurtful because you're like, wait a minute, I was getting all these likes? Yeah, because people, there's no way to game the system. You can't game it as much. Podcast at gmail.com, Podcast at gmail.com. I think overall we can just say, gonna be okay she's gonna who, who? that's not her name no no i'll bleep it, it. <laughs> that's not her name advice appreciated is a lady email again i have a situation i met a guy on tinder who is great wants to date me but there's a problem here's where you come in he dresses like shit. Cargo pants every time I see him and a very tight sweatshirt, which is a turnoff for me. How, <laughs> the crowd doesn't like it. How do I tell him to dress better without being an asshole? Not asking that he wears button downs or a suit, but maybe a little effort on his part will make me happy. For info, I haven't had sex with him yet. and We've been on four dates. Any wisdom you can bring would be super helpful. Thanks. It's very early to start dressing this guy. You gotta 
find out if you're like really compatible yeah. just with dating and stuff, but girl comes up to you and goes, I hate how you dress four dates in. What are you thinking? It wouldn't happen. No. <laughs> you are a fine dresser. I don't wear shorts, especially cargo shorts. No. But would you how would you react? Positively or negatively? If it was going well, I guess positively, because, oh, they really want to be with me more, that they want to dress me better, but... Yeah. Here's what I will say to you. I hear her problem. Women dress for other women. Guys dress for women. Okay, we dress because we want to get laid. I will not wear something that I think will get me out of the fuck game. Shelby? I think a lot of guys these days, though, dress much worse than they have in years they might, past. They might dress worse, but at the same time, I don't think this guy's wearing the tight sweatshirt with the, with the thing because he thinks, well, he's dressing in it because he thinks he looks good. So I, I think he's putting those things on because he thinks it makes, because also he's comfortable. I'm not going to, like, guys, you know, someone asked me about, like, you know, our sponsor today. Let me get to the best sponsor. I, I'll get to the sponsor after this. But I, 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 someone asked me about like why do guys wear certain things? And it's because we, we want comfort because we want to feel confident in the thing we're wearing. And then also you want to feel confident that other people think you look good in the thing you're wearing. So this guy is wearing this thing because he thinks it's comfortable and he thinks you think it looks good. He wouldn't wear it if he thought you thought it looked bad, which he doesn't. And the thing is, the ego of a man, he's looking there going, she's on a date with me, four dates with me. I'm killing it. I'm going to keep wearing the cargos. It worked on date one, but he still hasn't gotten laid. So I, I, I think the one thing to her is, if you're going to get in the business of redressing a guy, you got to like the guy. I think Shelby's right. The compatibility has to be there. You can't just do this to be like, because you think you're going to help this guy. Like, the worst thing is when a girl will be like, well, I didn't like him, but I wanted to help him. Any amount of help you give him, he thinks it's because you like him. Not because you're doing it out of the goodness of your heart to fix him for someone else. So don't get like a power... You know, there's a power move in a, in a lot of women where they're like, I fixed the guy that sucked. And it's like, don't go down that road. That road of like, hey... Well, I redressed this guy, and he was such a loser. Now he's just a loser in new clothes. And it's like no guy wants that. He doesn't want your help because there's someone else out there that does like, and as crazy as it sounds, there's another girl out there that will take on the fucking cargo shorts, tight sweatshirt guy. Kind of reminds me of a question from the live app with Michelle. Yeah. Kind of got me thinking that it was like a, Red flag or deal breaker of having a mattress, just the mattress on the floor. Sure. And I've been hearing that reference like a lot more in the past like six months. Okay. Just like Twitter, whatever. Is that really that prevalent of a thing? I guess it is. I mean, listen, I've had a messy apartment before and I've had girls walk in and go, no. Nah. Yeah. So, and then I clean the fucking apartment. And so it's okay for her. I think it's okay for her to go, Hey, I've been on four days with this guy, and he is just, I'm just not attracted to him. That's okay. But don't make it about, well, if he only addressed better, I would have stayed with him. If, uh, that, I don't think, every girl will get past, every guy or girl will get past the mattress on the floor and the dressing bad if they like someone and they feel, you know, enthusiastic about the person. Yeah, I think whoever the hot guy of the time now is, they had a cargo if, shorts yeah. and a, and a hoodie you'd be looking way past that yeah if it was ryan fucking philippi philippi you're gonna go gosling (laughs) ryan felipe you know the hot ryan felipe of our day if it's him you're going ah it's fucking ryan felipe but he's got a fucking mattress on the floor i can't do it you'd be okay with it so don't let these like trivial things that are fun to talk about get in the way of trying to date somebody. Also, don't stay with someone because they, you feel they're trivial. It goes both ways. 
So you can't look at the thing and go, well, it's a trivial thing. I, I, you know, I can't be that you know, loser who, who's, who's too picky. It's okay to be too picky, but it's also not okay to go, fuck every guy because they don't have this one thing on paper that I can make fun of them about. J Train Podcast. And if you want to tell them and you do like them, if you do like them, you should lightly make fun of it. That's how I would do it. I would look at the guy and go, cargos again? What are you... Are you? How are, much are you holding here? Yeah. Are you working on a new home? <laughs> Maybe, have you been doing construction all day? Are you on your way to your lifeguard job here? Yeah. Just a light jab and see what he says. He might come back with something like, if he gets super hurt from a light jab, then these cargos are important to him. But give a light jab. J Train Podcast at gmail.com jtrainpodcast at gmail.com we're sponsor people I love the sponsor they've been here since the beginning I know the guy uh, they do a great job Harry's Razors if you haven't got what, what Harry's is doing Harry's trusts their product so much that they're going to give you a little taste of it for very little money okay you just have to pay the shipping so you pay the shipping They'll give you a taste, and they trust that you're going to love their razors so much that whatever razor you're using, you say goodbye to it. You're going to make a life change based off of how good. That's how much they trust their product. You're going to change your life. You're going to change the schedule of your life based on them letting you try their product. I have done it. Shelby, have you changed your life? See how clean shaven I am. You are clean shaven. I have. So both Shelby and I tasted the goods, and now we've changed our whole life. And you know what? We've changed our life in a way that I couldn't even imagine. My life is different now. I don't go to CVS. I don't go to Walmart. I don't look in my bathroom counter and go, no razors, because they're always here. Because the delivery guy, the UPS guy, the, the Federal Express guy, whoever delivered, the delivery guy works for us. We never think, oh, I got to go to the store. No. Let, live in the now. Stop living in a past world where you had to cross off your left. Oh, I got to go to CVS. I got to go to Walgreens. I got to go to Dwayne Reed. Such a, no, it's just. Take it out. You, you know, this is what you want to be a successful person. Open up the hour a month that you spend going to these places doing work, doing real shit. Takes one thing off your mind. <laughs> so Harry's stands behind the quality of the razors, uh, but they know that switching isn't an easy decision. So they created this trial offer. You can claim yours by going to harrys.com slash jtrain. That's harrys.com slash jtrain. harrys.com slash jtrain. It's a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need. Weighted ergonomic handle, five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and travel blade cover. And if you're a lady listening, these are for you too. Lay women get fucked the most with razors because you guys are paying more just because it's pink. Don't live in this, in this world that's from the 50s. Get the Harry's razors. They're cheaper or they're less expensive than just the razors you're getting because they're not pink. Isn't that crazy? They market them specifically to you. Sometimes they're attached yeah. to a charity. You're paying for the commercial where the woman's in the shower going, Ooh, I have a new razor. That's what you're paying for. I'm Venus or whatever. Yeah. They- you're paying for Venus. Stop it. Let's stop being children. I'll use a I'll use a I'll use a female deodorant because I'm a man who knows what he likes. So use Harry's, ladies. Harrys.com slash JTrain. They get their free, they get their trial set at Harrys.com slash JTrain. Make sure you go to Harrys.com slash JTrain to redeem your offer. Let them know I sent you that. So you support the show by supporting Harrys.com slash JTrain. Harrys.com slash JTrain. Harrys.com slash JTrain. A girl who doesn't believe in marriage, struggling to date. 
J-Train, love the podcast. Been listening for about a year now. Figured it was time for ask you to take on a dating dilemma of mine. I'm currently single in New York City and just finished grad school. I'm 24, uh, but I'm often mistaken for being older. I've been mature for my age, and it's been about six years since my last serious relationship. I seem to attract guys who are only interested in sex. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Every guy, every girl, which is fine. But I want a little bit more than that. I really just do, uh, I really just to do go out. I really just to go out sometimes like grabbing a bike, going to a movie or show. It wouldn't have to be a regular weekly thing even, but I just don't have any interest in just having sex, especially when most of the time I'm not enjoying it. Well, you got to get a little more positive about this. The other issue I'm running into is when I meet a guy that I hit off with and the conversation turns serious, such as life plans and goals, I seem to lose her interest when I say I don't believe in marriage. I know this probably doesn't sound, probably sounds weird, but I've never been a girl to fantasize about a ring or wedding venues or spending some serious cash on a dress I'll wear once. I'm a fairly practical person and it just doesn't appeal to me and what I believe in. I don't think it'd be a big deal with dating and honestly thought guys might feel less pressure with dating me, but I found the opposite to be true. I'm made to feel like a dating pariah and the guys will often badger me. I wish I was exaggerating here, but how I should want to get married or need to. Some guys think it's unnatural that I don't want to want to want to while other guys claim I'm foolish because of marriage is super beneficial for women. I support other people getting married if they want to, but it's just not for me. So my question is, how does a woman date when she doesn't believe in marriage? I'm not opposed to a long-term commitment. I just don't want to get married. I don't usually bring it up unless a guy does because I don't really see the point when casually dating. But I try to be as honest as possible and what I want when I'm dating. What should be my move when it comes up? Thank you, Feather Feather. What do we think, Shelby? I've heard things like people, millennials, are not caring about marriages more, and then I've heard that they do and want to get married quicker mm. just from different people but yeah it seems like at 24 it's kind of a young age to be to be finding people who even that you'd want to get married to right then yeah so the fact that you're not finding someone to just be in a long term maybe that's not as big a deal yeah i don't think this is about marriage at all I think this is, um, she's trying to do a tight wire act that's very difficult to do. So in her email, she writes, I enjoy, I, I attract guys who are only interested in sex, which, listen, every guy at a, at a at certain stage is interested in sex. Yeah. Um, I want a guy who will go, sometimes like grabbing a bite, going to a movie or show, it wouldn't have to be a regular weekly thing, but I don't have any interest in just having sex, especially when I'm most of the time I'm not enjoying it. That I said before, I was like, that sounds pretty negative. That's I mean, what she she's like, I want a boyfriend, but I don't want a boyfriend in that sentence. Because she didn't say I don't want a boyfriend, but I'm saying in that sentence, she's like, I don't want, you know, I, I don't need, I just want to grab a bike, go to a movie. It doesn't have to be a regular weekly thing. But this is the thing. You can't plan out life like that. And it's just like the marriage thing. When you come with, you know, other issues that when it, I don't think it's right that any guy looks at you and goes, well, why don't you want to get married? You should want to get married. You should want to get married. I, I think that's wrong. But this has become your religion. That, and, and I don't mean this in a mean way or whatever, but you, this, is, this is a type of person that I come across a lot. Well, they'll say, you know, she's 24. You don't know what life is going to be. I At 24, I was selling life insurance. I thought that was the rest of my life. I mean, I, I'm 27. I wanted different things three years ago. Yeah. So I think holding on to this, like, this idea of what you think life is puts you in a stubborn position right off the bat. And it's the same with the type of guy you want. I want a bite to eat. I want a show, but I don't have to be there every week. And it's like... What the fuck does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. I think with any relationship, it, ha it has a natural progression. And when that progression ends and you go, I don't like this person anymore, you say goodbye. And that's okay. But I think with... Um, because even when you write, the other issues I'm running... In, um, I don't believe in marriage. I know this probably sounds weird. It doesn't sound weird. It's okay to meet people and go, I would never marry this person. 
I think marriage is person to person. I think the ideas on marriage are, it doesn't have to be. You know, I just think you've, you've set your life in stone so much that of course people are going to argue with it. And I feel like if I was on a, going on a couple of dates with somebody and we really hit it off like super and then it came out that <laughs> they had the opposite view on marriage as me, I would still kind of uh, be like, oh, okay. But, but if we were hitting off that much, wait it out a bit, see how, not just cut it off immediately. Yeah, I, th- I think it's like, um, what, what Shelby's saying is very correct. It, it, and I'll explain it further. And Shelby, you can correct me if I'm wrong. For every, for every action, there's a reaction. So when you say, I don't believe in marriage. The reaction is going to be, well, why? It, would you never? And of course people are going to question you. She, because when you say, I don't believe in something, that is an aggressive way. You may not see it that way, but it's an aggressive way to bring up a subject. And I'm not saying you're wrong for that. I'm just saying when you say it that way, like when someone I think it's okay to say, I don't know. I think that's a more truthful statement at 24. Would you get married? I don't know. There's a lot of things in marriage that like, don't really speak to me. I, you know, The dress seems expensive. I'd rather spend the money on a house. That's a different way of saying it than I don't believe in marriage. Fuck that. It's not, it's not me. I, it makes it sound like you're better than that. And it makes you sound like you're not with the regular general population. And that's probably why you're getting very aggressive responses. I've been on dates where I'm like really hitting off with a person and hanging out with them. And I was just not sure how I felt about having kids someday. And they said, oh, well, I want like multiple, multiple, multiple. I, I, in my head, I wasn't going, well, this is the last time I will speak to this person. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's different, but we'll... Having fun now. Sure. We're young. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're figuring this out. I think that's when these serious conversations come up, they become more religious. And it becomes, oh, this is who I am. And I think right now, the advice to this emailer is you don't know who you are yet. I'm 33. I, I, I feel like I know myself, but I, you know, I'm, I say I don't know more, way more than I did when I was younger, and I'm happier for it. You know, I mean, to relate this to anything, related to the fucking, I'm the Rosa Parks of male ass play. If you're a guy out there saying, I will, there's, it is, I will never put a finger in my butt. People wonder, what the fuck is wrong with this guy and fingers in his butt? You can't just say, I don't know. Do you know what I mean, Shelby? Like, it's like, the, the answer of I don't know works way better for your life than I know. It buys you a ton of time. It buys you time. It also buys you people inviting you into their world and saying, well, I like marriage because of this and this. And then, and then you can go, well, I don't like this. It, it lets you live in the gray, which is what life is. And it's not, I don't even think it's a lie because even if you, and that thing, you do say you know, I think a lot of times you really don't know. Yeah. I don't know shit. And I think that's, you know, we talk a lot about this on this podcast where it's like, listen, the answer is never black or white. She writes, how does a woman date when she doesn't believe in marriage? You need to stop believing so hardly in shit. You need to fucking relieve yourself of your preconceived notions and go, I, I, at this point in life, I don't know who I, w- I haven't met someone that I would ever want to get married to. That's not saying, you know, listen, there are people that like, and you meet these people later, you meet these people throughout your life where they'll go through a big divorce or they'll go through like a death and then they find a guy or girl later in life, they'll be like the 50-year-old person who's dating someone who they just call their husband or or wife, but they never like go and get, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This happens for a lot of people. Well, they're like, listen, I went through this whole thing where the, you know, the husband cheated on me, the wife cheated on me, and now I have this partner who I just love, and we're just doing our thing. And they, you know, when they introduce themselves, they're like, yeah, this is my wife, this is my husband, just to get over the social caveats of that. And I'm sure those people thought to themselves, I'll never marry again. My husband died in this weird way. 
I'll never be able to love someone. Then they find a partner and they go, well, this is just what works for us. That's living in the gray. That's them going, I don't know. I met this guy who makes me feel good and they're helping me through this tough time and I never thought I could love again because you know, the, my wife died in this way. You, know, you meet these people and they're always older and it's always people where life hit them with a curveball and what you learn is that no one knows what's going to happen or what's going to be. So when you're 24 telling people that you don't believe in marriage, you are saying that you know everything and it's an aggressive thing. And so that's why I'm not surprised people come back to you aggressively, but I'm also not surprised you're not, you're not finding the right thing because you literally have given guys a tight wire that they can live on. Yeah, I want to fuck you, but it never is good for me. <laughs> I want to see you every other week, maybe for a show. You're not allowed to fuck anyone else. You know, like you've, you've created a no man's land of people you could connect with. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast. At gmail.com. We got, wh- how much time we got left here? We're in an hour here. Should we do one news item? We could do a news item. Let's do one news item, and then we'll move on. This has been a pleasure. This is every Tuesday and Friday, jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. San Francisco, Sacramento people, come on out. We'll do one news item. We'll move on our way. Go. Was homecoming... Big deal when you were in high school? No, it wasn't. Um, we had, you know, you know, what's funny with like the high school stuff. All the stuff I saw on TV or on Disney Channel or on Nickelodeon or like high, you know, the Saved by the Bell. I never seemed to have that at my school. Like we didn't have the Homecoming King or Queen. We didn't have. Um, we might have had the the person who speaks at graduation, but I don't remember that being a thing. I remember like we had this is gonna sound like I'm really kind of stereotyping, but sure. we go. There's this uh kid of uh he is Indian, like yeah. born in America. He was totally cool. He was like so smart, tutored people, went to MIT, and he was named Homecoming King, like okay. his senior year. But it was like this. Everybody liked him. It wasn't like we're all gonna band together and do something nice. It just like happened naturally. Well, that's like a new thing. The yeah. homecoming king and queen used to be. Here's what's happened, okay? And all these things that were like the Saved by the Bell version of high school, for me, they all seem to happen like in the Midwest, like in more wholesome areas than the Northeast, to me. But I, what happened was in the '50s, hot girl, hot guy. Homecoming and King and Queen. And then, you know, the nerd revolution happens. And now, you know, we're going to give it to the kid who never said three words because we're going to make him feel good about his life. And now what's going on is now that kid goes online and he's going to go to prom with a porn star. You know, it's like this is all evolved because it's like the Internet. Everything's a joke, and then the joke becomes about the joke, and then the joke becomes making fun of the joke, and then, you know, and now we're doing memes about the meme about the meme. So kind of with Homecoming and all these things, it's it's kind of works out that way. Right. Well, one 17-year-old in Michigan took Homecoming very seriously. Okay. In that Again, Midwest. Police are investigating allegations in Hartford, Michigan. Uh-oh that a 17-year-old cheerleader distributed marijuana-laced brownies at her (laughs) Michigan high school in an effort to be voted homecoming queen. Well, it's a good strategy. Not to say it's, you know, legal or not legal. People love food. People love getting high. She'd win a couple votes. This girl understands what makes people vote. There are reports that Three brownies were recovered from students at Hartford High School, and they have been yeah. sent to the state police crime lab for testing. <laughs> now she's a, now she's a drug lord. Investigators say nine other confections remain unaccounted for. Yeah, Chelsea, the lead cheerleader, is now, you know, Suarez. The many weeds, if you will. <laughs> yeah, weeds. I love this story because of how much she wanted to win, and also. 
you know, it's interesting that like weed is just so interest it's so so it's so like not even a big deal anymore that she probably thought she was like get a couple people high, they'll get their vote, it'll be funny. Like she I don't think she thought of this as like you're giving the school, you're getting them high on drugs, you know? I Well here's the thing, here's what I, makes me a little PO'd. They officers learn through a tip that the brownies were taken to the school on September 26th. We got a narc. Yeah, well, this is the other thing. Jump Street. You can't trust high school kids. You can't trust them to not... Someone is going to go, I've never done this before. This is the biggest moment of my life. I can't do weed. And I'm being forced to because this hot cheerleader is making me. And it's like... Everything seems bigger than it is in high school because you're only in your small world. So they're going, this Chelsea, the cheerleader, is making me do weed and I never wanted to do that in my entire life. And it's like, yeah, you're dealing with the wrong group to not get narked out. I knew someone was going to tell. <laughs> I had a calc quiz I remember, in the day. I remember a um, long time ago when I was in uh, high school, uh, someone in my class, we had this teacher who had this like, she kind of like, she was just like this teacher would flip out all the time about her like smell issues. She just didn't like smells. Like she would kick people out if they wore cologne. I thought it was going to be the opposite no, no, for no, high school. Not like bad smell. Like she just like couldn't deal with like if you had smelly cologne. So one day someone came into the class and poured cologne into like the radiator. Holy shit. Like as a prank. Yes. She walked in. She was like, oh my God, walks right out. So then they questioned us. They were like, who did it? I love that. And they gave us each a piece of paper and like... The teacher took it as like she was being fucking, you know, she took it as like a death threat. And like not, you know, which is like, you know, that's the way place you go to, I guess. And then she wrote on the piece. So then they give us, they go through this whole thing of like write on a piece of paper who did it. We're not going to make anyone tell, you know. And you knew who did this. We all had an idea, I guess. And even before the paper went out, someone in the classrooms was like, I know who did it. And they're like, I can't deal with this. And just gave the person up right away. Like, in I, front of everybody? Yeah, we were just oh like, oh. we all knew who, did, who gave it up. And we were just like, oh, man. Like, And honestly, with the thing where if we had just written on the piece of paper, no one would have known. But she told everyone that she she was like, ah, I know who did it. I can't deal with it on my conscience. And we we're like, ah. And it's like she also did us all the favor of not having to be the narc. You know, so. That's our podcast. Shelby, thank you for coming on. That's the news. Thanks for having me. At Classic Shelb on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat. Go follow, go support. I'm Jared Freed. Every Tuesday and Friday with here with your emails, jtrainpodcast.com. We'll be back next week. Boom. <laughs>